0: But I got
1: Everybody, how are you today on this beautiful Tuesday morning, October 31st? And you know, this morning I was um, this morning I was running a little late, so I had to grab coffee um, on the road. Now, I don't live far from the studio, but uh, you know, if I get, if I don't have my coffee in the morning, I got to have coffee before I get into the studio. So I was grabbing a coffee this morning, and when I was grabbing a coffee, the lady said to me, oh, happy Halloween. And I thought about that, and I said, you know, my whole life, my whole life I have never had a problem saying happy Halloween. This morning I didn't want to say it because I'm like, okay, it's Halloween. It's the day of the dead, right? Right. It's the tradition that we have to dress up and go get candy. And while I am not opposed to going out on Halloween with a kid in a superhero costume and getting candy and doing the tradition that we have in America, um, I also don't like the flip side of it with all these teenagers walking around with blood, guts, gore, killing, murder, and all of that stuff, doing seances, witchcraft, all that. I get that as well. However, comma, Halloween is probably the only day of the year that you can go around to people's houses and knock on their door and have them open the door to you and are receiving of conversation. So how is it that more Christians don't utilize this day and go out and spread the gospel? How is it that more Christians don't utilize this day to know that thousands of lost souls are going to be walking the neighborhood, coming to your door, and you have an opportunity to spread the gospel with them? Maybe the seed that you plant will be watered in just one family. See, at my house, we have a thing out on the front, uh, like a yard sign, like a, uh, like a, a campaign sign, and it says, Jesus is our hope. And you cannot walk down the walkway of our, from the sidewalk to our front door without seeing Jesus is our hope. The next thing that you're going to see when you come up to our porch on our front porch is a, this house serves the Lord and a big cross on our front porch. Then when you look at our mat, our, our welcome mat, which is not a welcome mat, It also says, as for me and my house, we serve the Lord. So this is a great opportunity for you to, A, continue in the tradition that we have here in America. B, not associate with the negative part of it. And C, spread the gospel to more lost souls than you will ever spread in an entire year in one night. So I'm not saying that you should or shouldn't celebrate. Or engage in Halloween. What I am saying is if you do engage in it, look at it as a time of the year in which you can reach so many lost souls with the gospel. So at my house tonight, I'll be sitting there and I'll be handing out candy to the people who come to the door. I'll also be saying, God bless you, Jesus be with you, all glory to God. Do you know Jesus? You're going to come to this house and get free candy. You're also going to get the word of God. So our church also does a, uh, a church outreach during Halloween. They understand the reality of thousands of kids walking by who are unsaved. Thousands of parents who are walking by unsaved. So instead of shunning these people away and saying, you're not saved. You're engaging in evil activity. Don't come near us. We're going to them like Jesus did. We're walking with the sinners like Jesus did. We are saving the sick like Jesus did and not shutting our door on the sick as Jesus would not have done. So it's all about perspective and how you engage. If you engage in the day of dead, somebody said there's nothing to celebrate with the devil's holiday. Well, actually, Halloween is not the devil's holiday. It actually isn't. It's a day that the devil hijacked and loves to use as a holiday, but it was actually to ward off bad spirits is where it came from. Pumpkins and jack-o'-lanterns and dressing up like scarecrows and stuff. It was to ward off bad spirits that were destroying their crops because they didn't understand that it was the weather or, you know, frost or whatever that was destroying their crops. They thought it was bad spirits. So if you really go back to the beginning of it, it was to ward off bad spirits. And of course, like everything else that, was, that humans have done, it was all hijacked by evil and hijacked by the devil and, and everything else. So again, there's nothing to celebrate. There's no holiday here. I agree with you on that one. But it is a chance to do spread the gospel, not gossip. So, That's how we do it at our family, so I hope uh, you guys have a great story to share as well. Now, I titled today's show, Eli, there's a link, get it out of there. We don't do links, not in the chat, unless they're LFA related, because there's too many people out there that are spreading bad links, not to say your link is bad, we just don't allow them because we protect our family, we protect our LFA family, so no links. MD, MD Norton, just like every other day. Not really. Not really. Because every other day, people aren't coming to your house by the hundreds of the thousands. Every other day, you don't have people by the hundreds or the thousands out and about completely unprotected from hearing the good word of the God. Right? We don't do links, said Logan. Amen. The devil doesn't have a day. All days belong to God. That's a fact. Ooh, I love that. I love that. M.D. Norton says, I mean spreading the gospel. That's true. That's true, M.D. That is true. Uh, People still call Halloween a holiday. I know. I don't understand that. I don't understand that. Halloween is not a holiday. It is a day. (laughs) Just like mainstream media ruined popcorn balls and candy apples because of so-called needles in them. Hey, Jeremy, did you get saved in 2016? Yes, I did. Yes, I did. So anyway, ladies and gentlemen, I titled today's show, Do As I Say, Not As I Do. I want to read the description today. And the description is this. How many of your parents, as you grew up, said the phrase, Do as I say, not as I do. Eli, did your parents ever say that? My parents said that. My grandparents said that. Do as I say, not as I do, they'd say. My parents said that all the time. However, as a child, we didn't listen. Instead, we mimicked and copied our parents, right? None of us wanted to listen to our parents. None of us wanted to actually heed their word. Instead, we did the exact opposite. We copied them. We did exactly as they did and none of what they said. Now, we are adults now, but we are still children of God, And now as human adults, we tend to want to do the opposite as we did when we were kids. So let's discuss that today. Do as I say, not as I do. Now, we have an example. We had an example as children, and we have an example as adults, but still children of God. Let me dive into that a little bit. So, as children, our examples of who to follow and how to follow, and how to act in life, in society, personalities, demeanors, life choices. We followed our parents. As adults, we have a different example. Jesus. As children of God, our example is our Father God. And yet, we tend to want to not do as our Father God or Jesus did, nor what they say. So we went from, instead of doing as they say, not as they do, we did and didn't do what they say. And now as adults, we just want to be our own. We just want to be our own God. We want to be our own boss. That's what Lucifer wanted too. Lucifer wanted to be the one, the one without God, away from God, apart from God. He could do everything. He controlled everything. Instead, we have an example and we tend not to want to follow it. We tend not to want to follow the way Jesus walked on this earth. We tend not to want to follow the example that God set before us by manifesting himself in the flesh, reducing his power voluntarily so that he could show us better than he could tell us. So a lot of people say the one reason for Jesus to come on this earth was to take away the sin of man, right? How many of you have heard that? How many of you know that? Jesus' mission was to come, die on the cross, take away the sin of man, put all the sin of the world on his shoulders, and relieve the struggle and the pain for all of us here, and and, and create a pathway back to a relationship to be united with God. So in that song that we heard in the beginning, she said, I was created for one purpose, to know you, Jesus. Do you remember the episode in in which we were trying to decide trying to find, I should say, and figure out what we were created for, what we were built for, why God gave us a body, why God gave us, put our soul in this body, and why we, Jeremy Harrell and Carol and Brenda and Mustache and Wayne, why we're here on this earth. Well, ultimately, it is to know Jesus. And once you know Jesus, then you'll further understand why God, what God has you here to do. But ultimately, it is to know Jesus. So, God said, For thousands of years now, I have been telling you, the people, the Jews, the Gentiles, the world, how to live. Clearly, you don't get it. Clearly, you don't understand. And the ones that think they do get it, and the ones that think they do understand, the Pharisees, the Sadducees, the religious rulers, they definitely don't get it. So here's what I'm going to have to do. God said, I'm going to have to make myself a human so I can go down. And instead of telling these people how they should be, I am going to show these people how to be and show them that it is possible to do. And he got killed for it. Do as I say, not as I do. We are here to obey the word of God. We are here to not only obey the word of God, but to make it a part of our lives so that we shine bright for the world to see so that ultimately we can be trusted with that word to take it to the world as I'm trying to do here on this podcast so that they can then take that word, go research it for themselves. While they're researching it, God will talk to them. God will water those seeds that I have planted and then wash Rinse, repeat. He came to set us free, which is why he said it is finished on the cross just before he died. And he came to show us how to live life. You see, if God had never manifest himself in the flesh, made himself to be fully human, then how were we ever supposed to know exactly how to live? Because if you look back in history, no person who worshiped God would have ever tried to model their life after God. They just listened to the word in the scripture that were written down. And it clearly didn't work. Because they got it all wrong. They misinterpreted it. Only a few people got it right. But the vast majority got it wrong. So God said, okay, let me show you. Let me just show you. Instead of telling you, let me, like a father does a child. Okay, let me, let's, let's stop for a minute. Let's slow down here. I know we got to go to prayer, but let's just slow down here for a minute. Like a child is learning something. And a father sits down and shows him, this is how you use a screwdriver son or a mother with her son or her daughter. This is how you cook, sew. This is how you manage your life. These are things that you're going to have to do. You're going to have to know how to swing a hammer. You're going to have to know how to use a drill. You're going to have to know the basic things of growing food. You're going to have to have the basic knowledge of being able to cook for yourself, clean up after yourself, mend your clothing if it gets a rip in it. These are things that moms and dads teach their children. And they don't just say, this is how you do it, do it. They show them how to do it. They take them by the hand. Well, that's what God is doing to us with the word. That's what God did to us with Jesus. He took us by the hand and walked us and showed us how to do it. That's incredible. So now we have the opportunity as children of God, excuse me, children of God. To not only do as our father says, but we have an example to do as our father did. So we have no excuse on that day of judgment. As I said yesterday, when, it, when when you hear, will the defendant rise, you have no excuse. You know Jesus. You know God. You know how he wants you to live. You know the example that he set. You know in the ways he wants you to walk. And if you decide not to do it, you have no excuse. Neither do I. But it's not really as difficult as some Christians would like you to believe that it is. Oh, it's a very hard and difficult life being a Christian. Well, guess what? There are hard things in everything that you do. But I have had, I had a way harder time in life before I was a Christian than I have being a Christian. The hardest thing that I have in my life is getting out of my own way. Now that I am a full-on Christian, the hardest thing that I have to, to, to deal with in my life is my own flesh. Everything else, really, if you do it in the name of God and you go to God for that help, is easy peasy lemon squeezy. So I think it's a good time to go to the Lord in prayer. If you please, if you have a hat on, please remove your hat. Let's go to the Lord in prayer now. And while we're praying, we're also going to pray for Shishu, who is being abused. And I'm not sure, is that... Are you being abused by your husband? And if so, are you guys seeking guidance from God? Well, let's go to the Lord in prayer now. In the name of Yeshua, our Savior, Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, God, Father in heaven, Lord, we come to you today as your humble servants, as your children as your loving and loyal subjects. To pray and thank you for the word that you give us that we are to obey. Because when we do, our lives become so much greater. We have so much better purpose. We have such joy. And we don't even have to do anything to receive it. You just give it to us. And I don't understand why. But you want to know us. And that's why we were created. And I think everybody who's listening right now and everybody who's watching probably feels the same way I do. So grateful that you gave us that word to obey. And I desperately want to not only do as you say, but I desperately want to do as you do and as you did on this earth walking 2,000 years ago. So please help me. Help me do that. And help the people that are listening do that as well. And please let this your word pierced the hearts of those who have hardened hearts who are abusing people and oppressing people and ruining people's lives Lord you can do all things and with Christ all things are possible in anyone's life and we just pray that this message goes out far and wide to those who need to hear it today and we pray that we can continue to have our hearts desires want to follow you In Jesus' name we pray, amen. It's all about the heart's desires, folks. Again, people that go out on Halloween, I know there's pastors out there that'll say, if you go out on Halloween, you are engaging in devilish activity and you are opening up the portals to hell. Yeah, if that's where your heart is, remember, if God is in your heart, it doesn't matter what environment that you are in. It's your heart's desires that God knows and sees. So if I'm out there on Halloween with my my children dressed up as princesses and superheroes and even members of the Bible my children have dressed up as before, and our hearts are pure and we're out there and we're blessing people and we're asking people to come to Christ and we're getting some candy in the process, is that evil? Does God think that that is evil? When Jesus was sitting at the table with whores and prostitutes and liars and thieves, was that evil? When Jesus allowed a woman who had a wretched disease touch him without punishment, was that evil? James Henry said it right. What would Jesus do? What would Yeshua do? If Jesus were here today, right now on this earth, which he is, but you know what I mean. And it was October 31st. And children were walking the streets, dressed up, mostly as ghouls, goblins, and evil dead things, but some not. I want you to tell me, would Jesus shut his porch light off If he had a home, would Jesus lock his doors and not answer the door when children come up dressed up as princes and princesses and superheroes? What would he do? Would he answer the door? Would he engage in conversation? Jesus loves the little children. All the children of the world, red and yellow, black and white, they are such a pretty sight. Jesus loves the little children of the world. But yet he shuts his light off, shuts his door, and locks it on Halloween when they all come over. So I don't care if you listen to Pastor Locke or Pastor whoever. Whoever. I know some people said, after hearing Pastor Locke, I will never be out on Halloween ever again. Okay, that's fine. I get it, 100%. But again, I could be in the midst of hell, and I've got the armor of God on. I could be pushed into a fire. But there's a fourth one there. If there's three of us in a fire, there's a fourth one there. doesn't matter about what circumstance that you're in. As long as you are pure... Ladies and gentlemen, that's the way I see it. And again, you don't have to believe with me and believe in what I'm saying. You don't have to agree with me. And I love Pastor Locke. All I'm saying is this. In every question that you have in your mind, whether you should or should not do something, don't listen just to me. Don't listen to Pastor Locke. Listen to your heart what would Jesus do? Ask yourself that question in every single thing that you do. What would Jesus do? Now, Sherry Z says, I just don't have the money for candy this year. I get it. We bought three bags of candy and it was too expensive to buy anymore. We said, when we're out, we're out. When we're out, we're out. But you don't need candy on Halloween. Give away scripture. By the way, you can go buy a bag of penny candy for like Three, four, five bucks. You can buy just little tiny tw- uh, um, Twizzlers or uh, Tootsie Rolls, and you can wrap, and you can get a whole bunch of like um, little uh, verses like that come on a little piece of paper, like you'd get in a fortune cookie, and you can wrap them up and tape them around the candy. Again, you don't have to engage in the same way that everybody else does on this day. You can engage in the way Jesus would have engaged if he was part of an October 31st worldwide Halloween celebration. What would he have done? So Salty said the rubber Bible bracelets, you can get 200 in a box on Amazon. That's another one right there. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God, says J.R. Disciple. Amen. Amen. Do you know what my, now this is going off topic a little bit, but I just saw somebody say somebody about, something about the rainbow. Do you know what my 14-year-old daughter was asking me this morning before I left the house? She just came up to me and she says, I have a question. And I said, okay. And she goes, if you're talking to people from the LGBTQ community, how do you get them to, how do you argue the fact that they say that God, if God exists, like the LGBTQ Christians, right? That they say that God is a woman. How do you argue that? How do you explain to them that that's not true? And I said, well, first of all, the fact that you're even asking me this question means that you have a possibility in your life where you're going to have a conversation with conversation with members of the LGBTQ community about God. That's great. That warms my heart. Second of all, if you're talking to somebody that has this belief, you have to find common ground that you can set a bar at. Meaning this, you have to at least set the ground that the words of the Bible are real if they don't believe that the words of the Bible are real, you're not going to be able to get them to understand that God is a he. She said, okay, how do I do that? I said, well, then you have to go into a whole nother discussion of historical evidence, historical documentation. And I would ask that LGBTQ person this, how do we know Caesar was a man? How do we know that Benjamin Franklin was a man? How do we know George Washington was a man? How do we know that Cleopatra was a woman? How do we know that Marie Antoinette was a woman? Well, we know this because of historical documentation, reports, eyewitness testimony, and the same way that we determine that we know who Caesar was, Marie Antoinette was, Gandhi was, Hitler was, the same way that we determine that that stuff is accurate is the same way we determine whether the events of the Bible are accurate. And, and there are plenty of avenues that support the 100% true activities of the Bible being historical evidence and proof. And it happened. It, it, it's histor. It's history. You've got Egyptian writings that back up the evidence and the things that happened in the Bible that say that people like Abraham were real, Moses was real, Elijah was real, Elisha was real, and they were who the Bible said they were. You have Egyptian writings that predate a lot of the scripture in the Bible that back up the things of the Bible. You have writings in Islam. You have writings in Judaism. You have writings by people who are not uh, theologians. You have secular writings that all point to the 100% historical evidence that the Bible is history so once you can establish common ground then once you establish the fact that the Bible is historical fact not just a spiritual book then you can refer to it as fact and in that fact it says throughout there he created him in his image God is a man I know that was a little bit from, much for my 14 year old daughter this morning but I mean we had to get to it right I want to read from today's verse of the day. I know you haven't had a newsletter yet this week, and I apologize. I've been having some very busy mornings. But I'm going to be reading from Proverbs, as I asked all of you to do to read from Proverbs every morning, correct? Well, we have 1,350 people watching. I want to remind you, if you've forgotten, to please give us a like. If you're watching on Roku or Fire Stick, just grab your phone real quick, log on, give us a like, and then go back to watching on TV. But on this October 31st, I'm going to read right now From Proverbs 23, and I'm going to go all the way through 23, 13 to 22, okay? Proverbs 23, 13 through 22. Come on, Jeremy. It also references God as Father and with Jesus walking with the earth and the flesh as I do. Yeah, I know. You don't think I know that? course I know that. But how is she going to say the words of the Bible to a person who doesn't believe the words of the Bible to say, well, this scripture says it's a father. You got to get them to believe that the Bible is were is actual facts, historical facts, before you can then point to a verse and said, he, 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 father, 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 father. Do not withhold correction from your child. That means there's got to be accountability. And even for a child of God, who's an adult. Okay. For if you beat him with a rod, he will not die. You shall beat him with a rod and deliver his soul from hell. My son, if your heart is wise, my heart will rejoice. Indeed, I myself, yes, in my, my inmost being will rejoice When your lips speak right things, do not let your heart envy sinners, but be zealous for the fear of the Lord all the day. For surely there is a hereafter, and your hope will not be cut off. Hear, my son, and be wise, and guide your heart in the way. Do not mix wine bibbers or with gluttonous eaters of meat. For the drunkard and the glutton will come to poverty. It means people who indulge will have accountability. Will, there will be consequences for those people who indulge into sin. And drowsiness will clothe a man with rags. Listen to your father who begot you. And do not despise your mother when she is old. We are to listen to our parents here on earth. Unless they are telling us ungodly things to do, obviously. And we are to listen to our father in heaven more than anything. And if we don't, just like when we were kids, there will be consequences for your actions. And if you reject your father in heaven and his words and the things he tells you to do, not only will you have... Oh, hold on. Grammy Love says, Jeremy, I always thought Proverbs was hard to understand, but reading it a chapter and and meditation on it, its meaning has become a favorite thing I've done. Thank you for suggesting reading Proverbs. Proverbs to me was always the book that got me right away. It was like, boom, boom, boom. Do this, don't do this. Do this, don't do this. Don't do this and do this. It It was straightforward to me always. So I always like, I just loved that book so much. Now, again, God will not only, you will not only reap the consequences that you deserve, Reap what you sow here on earth, but you'll also spend eternity in hell apart from God. So you're going to get a double dip of accountability. So for all those people who don't want to be held accountable now, don't worry. Don't worry. A double dip of accountability is coming. Humble pie is coming. I'd rather eat that humble pie now. Now, ladies and gentlemen, we have 40 minutes past the hour. And guess what we have today? We have a Ray Comfort video. That's right. He's been putting out so much, we can't just play one a week because he's been putting out more than that, and then we would get behind. So if you're happy about a Ray Comfort video and you're one of the 1,450 people in here watching, please do me a favor and give us a thumbs up. That's just a thumbs up across all of your devices, no matter where you're watching on social media. You can't do it if you're watching on just Roku and Stick. so please just log in real quick. Give us a like. Jump back out. It really does help us. Now, Ray Comfort, ladies and gentlemen, and this was titled... He was an unbeliever looking for a Bible, and then this happened. So let me get on my headphones here. See you later, John and Sandy. They got to go get their grandkids. That's precious. God bless. Make sure you watch the rest of the show when you get back. Okay, ladies and gentlemen, here we go.
2: You got me confused. You said you think there's an afterlife. You talked about Jesus dying for our sins, but you said you're not a Christian. That's correct. I just started down my religious path, and I don't really know which direction to go in. I've never really truly committed to a higher power. If you died today, where would you go? I would hope that I'd go to heaven. Why would you go to heaven? Are you a good person? I try to be. Now, is your heart good? I believe so, yes. I'm going to challenge you on that and it's one of the best things that'll ever happen to you and I'll tell you why let's say you're a doctor you've got a patient in front of you who thinks he's well he looks well he goes to the gym every day but you know he's got cancer he's going to die in two weeks because you've seen the x-rays you've got a cure should you give him the cure right away or show him the x-rays that's a big tough one it's actually not hard it's easy I'll tell you why you don't give him the cure because he thinks he's well He's going to say, What are you give me a cure for? I'm a well person. Look at me. I go to the gym every day. He needs to see the x rays. Right. And when he sees the x rays, he'll say, Whoa, this is serious. What should I do? And then the doctor says, I've got a cure for you. Now he's going to appreciate and appropriate the cure. Mm-hmm. So you think you're well morally. You think you're a good person. I'm going to show you the x rays, the Ten Commandments. We'll get on the Ninth Commandment. How many lies have you told in your life? Far too many to counsel. Ever stolen something, even if it's small? Yes. So you're a lying thief? Yes, sir. Ever used God's name in vain? Absolutely. You've taken the holy name of God, the one that gave you eyesight and hearing and taste buds, a brain to think with the blueness of the sky, friends and family, love and laughter, all these things are gifts from God, and you've taken his holy name and used it as a cuss word. Very serious. It's called blasphemy. Wonder to go and appreciate your honesty. Jesus said, if you look at a woman and lust for her, you commit adultery with her in your heart. Have you ever looked at a woman with lust? Absolutely. At sex before marriage? Yes. So here's a summation of your court case on Judgment Day. Rick, you have told me you're a lying, thieving, blasphemous, fornicating, adulterate heart, who's self-righteous, which is a sin in God's eyes, and saying you're a good person when it's obvious you're not. You're like the rest of us. So if God judges you by the Ten Commandments on Judgment Day, will you be innocent or guilty? Guilty as charged. Heaven or hell? Straight to hell. Now, does that concern you? Of course it does horrifies me. I've just met you, but I love you. I rode past you and I came back because I felt compelled to share the gospel with you. We've looked at the x-rays. Things are pretty bad. You're terminal. Here comes the good news of the gospel, the cure. You're under God's wrath heading for hell. How can the death of Jesus on that cross help you today? It's like a lesson he showed through his sacrifice. But you know what Satan does? He blinds the minds of those that don't believe to the gospel. They can't see it. So I'm going to share the gospel with you. And, look, if you can get a grip of this, it's going to change everything for you. So don't let anything distract you. The Ten Commandments are called the Moral Law. You and I broke the law. Jesus paid the fine in full. That's why he said it is finished just before he died. He was saying paid in full. If you're in court and you've got speeding fines, a judge will let you go if someone pays them. Say got a lot of you've got a lot of fines here, you're guilty, but you can go because someone paid your fine, and it's legal. Well, God can legally take the death sentence off you. He can dismiss your case. He can grant you everlasting life as a free gift, because Jesus paid the fine on that cross and his life's blood, rose from the dead, defeated death, and if you'll simply repent of your sins, say, God, I'm sorry, I've sinned against you, and turn from your sins, it's called repentance, and put your trust in Jesus. The Bible says God will grant you everlasting life as a free gift not because you're good but because he's good and kind and rich in mercy. Okay, one last analogy, you're on the edge of a plane 10,000 feet up, you've got to jump, why would you put on a parachute? To save your life. And your motivation is fear. Right, of course. And that fear is your friend, it's not your enemy because it's doing you a big favor, it's making you put on a parachute. And Rick, because I love you, I've tried to put the fear of God on you today, I've tried to make you scared. Hoping you'll see that fear as your friend, not your enemy. Because it'll make you mean business with God. It'll make you look at the x-rays and say, man, I'm terminal, what should I do? And that fear should drive you to trust in Jesus with all your heart and say, God, I need a savior. I need someone who can wash me clean. Is this making sense? Absolutely. You're going to think about what we talked about? Yes, I will, actually. So when are you going to repent and put your faith in Jesus? As soon as possible. Today? Why not? Can I pray with you? Great question. Absolutely, sir. Are you sorry for your sins? I am. Okay, let's pray. Father, well, I pray for Rick. Thank you for uh, reaching out and touching him today. I pray you'll grant him understanding, grant him sorrow for his sins, and genuine repentance. And this day, may he see your wrath and at the same time, your love and mercy extended towards him, a sinner, on that cross. And may this day he pass from death to life, all because of your great mercy and your wonderful grace. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Rick, I'm going to give you a Gospel of John. Do you know what a Gospel of John is? No, but I love the man. Yeah, is that a tear in your eye? Yes, sir. Boy, that's very precious. That's called contrition or sorrow for sin. And the Bible says godly sorrow works repentance. So I'm going to give you a Gospel of John, which is the fourth book of the New Testament, a book I've written called Scientific Facts in the Bible, and two $5 in-and-out cards for lunch today. <laughs> okay, let me grab one moment. Do you have a Bible at home? No, but I've actually been uh, looking for one. I've been looking for a Bible. I'll get your address in a minute, and I'll send you send you a Bible called the Evidence Study Bible. We'll mail you one free of charge. Great to meet you, man. Great to meet you as well. Thank you. Made
1: my... Look at the great things that Ray Comfort is out there doing. What did he say to that guy? You made my day. You made my day. Now, you heard that guy say he's out there looking for a Bible. And you might ask yourself, what do you mean you're out there looking for a Bible? It's not hard to find a Bible. J.R. Disciple says, I'm sorry, but Ray Comfort doesn't know how to correctly handle God's word. Okay, well, J.R. Disciple, everybody is entitled to their own opinion. But I would be willing to bet, and not that it's a competition, but I would be willing to bet that God is much more pleased with Ray Comfort than you or I every single day. Because every single day, Ray Comfort is leading people to God with the word of God, not taking away from it and not adding to it just like Jesus says to do. And how many people does Ray Comfort plant seeds in that are ultimately saved and go to Christ? And the Bible says that every time a sinner is saved, all of heaven rejoices. So I wonder how many times a day Ray Comfort is actually somewhat responsible for making all of heaven rejoice, and I wonder how many times a day you or myself are making all of heaven rejoice. I think all of us could do better. None of us are Jesus Christ, but I have yet to see anybody on this planet who evangelizes to strangers and brings more people spontaneously to the word of God than Ray Comfort. I, have, I, I don't know what that means, how he misuses the word of God or doesn't, doesn't uh, handle it correctly. I don't know what that means, but <laughs> LLB58 said, Hell just lost another one. Ring another one up for Team God. Ray is doing Jesus' business, says CQ. Love him. We can't judge, says Daisy Duke. Ray Comfort has the spiritual gift of evangelism, and he uses that gift well. Coco says, how can you say that about Ray? He does awesome things. Ray does the sinner's prayer where he has people repent for their sins. Many leave that out. Ray Comfort is a blessing. And I'll say this, too. If it wasn't for Ray Comfort, I wouldn't be where I am in my relationship with Jesus. If it wasn't for Ken Ham, I wouldn't be where I am. If it wasn't for Will Johnson, I wouldn't be where I am. If it wasn't for Frank Turek, I wouldn't be where I am. And these people have done great things for God. And I'm so sorry that you do feel that way. And again, I'm not criticizing you. Maybe you do. Maybe you help bring more people to God than anybody on planet Earth, and that's great. But I'm just saying, I just don't understand how you could say that about the man. I, that, that, really, that really confuses me. Really does. Anyway, one minute prayer for dad's time. Okay? Please open up your pages. To page 71, if you have one-minute prayer for dads. By the way, I'm also getting a, um, I'm getting a, a, a woman's uh, daily prayer book as well to start reading because we have so many, so many great women, so many great ladies uh, who watch. So, page 71, James one twenty-two, doing God's will. Be doers of the word and not hearers only. Deceiving yourselves. I would argue that Ray Comfort is definitely a doer of the word just saying. Now, I have not seen J.R.'s response to what he means by that. He is entitled to have an, uh, an opinion and state that opinion, but I haven't seen it yet. Dads have a special ways of doing and not just hearing God's word. The doing involves training our children, praying with them, playing with them, providing for them and making them secure. This is God's will for us. It's what God wants dads to do. Father, help me to be a doer of your will with my whole self, not just someone who hears my ears. And let me just tell you this too, folks. You're not watching somebody here who tells you to do something tells you that he's bad and needs God, and then goes and lives life the same way. You can ask Eli. When Eli gets a mic here, when the news camera comes in, ask him yourself. I literally put into practice everything. I'm not just a pra- I'm just not, not just preacher. I'm a practicer of what I preach. This is my journey with Jesus. This isn't me trying to save you. This is me trying to get to save me. I know I'm already saved, but this is me trying to keep myself on the right path. So I do everything that I tell you that I do. Your will for me as their father is to do right by them, to make you known to them by my words and actions, by doing what your word says. So if your children are not going to do what you say, and they're going to do what you do, like the title of today's show says, wouldn't it be right to do what God wants you to do so that your children grow up in doing the right thing and not the wrong thing, like you telling them not to do drugs and then they see you snorting a line in the bathroom or you tell them not to treat women badly but they hear you calling your wife a dumb B-word or a lazy pile or whatever or a slut or a whore and then they go out there and they do the same thing? Monkey see, monkey do. You see, and by the way, a lot of people want people that are evangelizing to preach about the dangers of not going to Christ. And Ray does that if you listen to him. A lot of, peop- a lot of people just want to see evangelizers be the fire and brimstone evangelist. And that's, you know, what a way to get people to listen. <laughs> you wonder why the church is so small? Because for 40 years, we've been doing nothing but evangelizing in a fire and brimstone kind of a way. Way to go. Hey, you're a loser and you're going to hell if you don't do things my way. Yeah, I want to listen to you. (laughs) No wonder the church looks like it does. Lord, help me make your will my will. Help me make your priorities my priorities. And help me demonstrate to my children what doing your will looks like. Amen. Amen. Fire and brimstone. Come to Christ. Burn and die forever. Well, yeah, but maybe a better way to bring somebody to your side and tell them that their way is so wrong that they're going to burn them forever. SAS 64 says, fire and brimstone pushed me away from the church. There you go. There you go. It's all about delivery. (laughs) It's all about delivery. They want to hear everything sugar-coated and I can't stand that. I want to see and hear a hail and a brimstone Simon. I dislike that approach. Again, you hear Ray say what happens if you don't do it. And it is, the ultimate, it is the ultimate accountability, and it's not good. Again, he does preach about what will happen if you don't. He just doesn't lead with it. You know, it's not a very good way to bring people to your, uh, to your cause. You know what I'm saying? All right. One more read here, and then we'll close it up for the day. Discipline. Discipline. Reading from Proverbs 3, 11, and 12. My child, don't reject the Lord's discipline, and don't be upset when he corrects you. I actually love being disciplined, because I know I'm wrong a lot. For the Lord corrects those he loves, just as a father corrects a child in whom He delights. Proverbs three eleven and 12. This will be the whipping of your life, son. And it was. I was 10 years old and, just had, and had just deliberately disobeyed my daddy's clear instructions. I had asked him if I could walk to the nearby store, and he said, no, we're about to leave for church. But I had $2 burning a hole in my pocket and had made up my mind to buy myself some candy. So off I went. Sounds a lot like me. Two things are certain. My daddy loved me very much. And no, candy is worth, and no candy is worth what I paid for it. Did I enjoy the correction? Uh no. Did I benefit from the correction? No doubt about it. Good daddies beat good candy any day of the week. Because the sweetness of a loving father's discipline lasts a lifetime. And that's why when you become an adult, You go back to your mom and dad and you go, I was wrong. You were right. You should have beat me more. How didn't I see it? And we do the same thing as adults with God. You never stop growing up. You never stop growing in the word of Christ, ladies and gentlemen. And you never stop. You never stop wanting more. If you're really a Christian, you just. You never stop wanting more of God. It's really that simple. So when you hear when you read the Bible and it says, when you're in heaven, you'll be with the angels singing, holy, holy, holy is the Lord all the time. There's nothing wrong with that. As a matter of fact, some of the best feelings that I have are worshiping right here on Rise Up every morning or in church. Those are the best feelings I have in my life. That is when I feel at my best, ladies and gentlemen, is when I am worshiping God. So of course, we'll be worshiping all the time in heaven. But we're also going to have many, many mansions and many things to do. We just won't be walking around doing nothing. There'll be a lot going on, folks. There'll be a lot going on. All right, I want to end with some Celtic Christian music, folks. So God bless you. Thank you for being here on Rise Up. Remember, good children of God not only do as they see, but they do as they do. Because he gave us an example. Sean Farish, Ungoverned, comes up next. Followed by Live from America with yours truly. Followed by... Um, Unafraid and Mike Crispy, I believe, back in the studio. So thank you guys for watching. Be sure to like on your way out and share on your way out as well. See you later, folks. Have a great morning.
3: Here in the love of Christ I stand In Christ alone, who took on flesh The fullness of God in helpless me This gift of love and righteousness gone by the ones he came to save till on that cross